Hey guys, this is the C3 Church Malmo podcast. I am believing God will speak to you today and that a greater level of faith will be unlocked in your life. For more information about C3 Church, go to c3malmo.se. God bless. Uh, how awesome was my wife today, huh? Yeah? Anyone else got an amazing wife in the house today? Oh, I shouldn't have asked that question. That was a bad idea, right? Some of those hands were a bit slow going up. You know, the w- oh, I'm going to get angry texts later, aren't I? Like, what do you put me in that position for? Really, like, I just imagine the conversation on the way back in the car. Your, your arm was awfully slow. It was all, you was a hesitation there. And you're like, no, darling, I just didn't hear what you said. It wasn't, the mic wasn't clear. Oh, I will never ask that question again, okay? Sorry, guys. I, saw, I thought it was an opportunity, but obviously not. No, but my, my wife is amazing, um, so I'll take this opportunity to say, um, just as the testimony shared today, uh, there's some things I'm not very good at, as she mentioned, right? <laughs> some things I'm not good at, and, and that's the great thing about marriage, isn't it, is that you, you can support each other where you're not good, you can help each other out, just as Joe and Stina were sharing a couple of weeks ago, that we can take in turns encouraging one another and pushing each other, and that's basically how we made it through our journey, uh, and... Um, it's just, uh, it's such a strength to have people in your life, whether it's your wife or, or even just friends and in your community that can actually be there and help you along in the journey. Um, so I hope you were encouraged by that testimony this morning. That, that's our story for the last four years. And um, I just echo what Lynn said. I feel so blessed of God um, to, to uh, have this amazing house that hopefully many of you get to come and spend some time in if you haven't already done so. So... If you weren't here last Sunday, I recommend you to go and listen to the podcast. Uh, Pastor Quinton's message was fantastic. There was so much in it. I've listened to it a couple times, and the second time I had completely different notes. So that tells you that there's a, there's a lot of stuff that you can miss. It was, it was packed full of gems. Uh, so I encourage you, even go and listen to it again if you have the opportunity. Um, and basically, Pastor Quinton, he, he was laying out uh, what our vision is as a church, uh, and you might, as he mentioned, you might be disappointed to hear that we don't have the vision. Uh, we actually just copy and pasted it from a book, actually. But the good thing is we, we copied it from this book, which is a good idea. Because uh, if I did that at my company, if I just copy and pasted the vision for my product as a product owner, people would probably be a bit disappointed when they found out that. But this is one of the cases where it's actually okay. It's actually a great idea to do that. Uh, I also, I get a lot of, yeah, some people, you might be surprised, come and give me compliments about my message now and then. They say, oh, that was a really good message, Justin. I love how you said that. Uh, And um, I really can't take much credit for it because all I'm doing is actually paraphrasing what's in the Bible. (laughs) Just, I'm I'm, I'm from a marketing background and that's basically the the skill of like uh, copywriting is you just basically saying the same thing just with a different angle. So you notice how every product has basically the same sales pitch it's just tweaking the words. And so it translates quite nicely to uh, preaching. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, nobody said it better than Jesus in the Bible. And just some of the stuff is just like, wow, like, that's good. I'm going to use that. And so that's what I try to do. Um, it's, it's awesome how smart you can sound when you quote the Bible. I mean, I hear it all the time at work as well. People are saying stuff. I'm like, that sounds familiar. Where did you get that one from? Uh, you know, in the creative world, we call that standing on the, the shoulders of giants. We're, we're basically just building upon uh, someone else's masterpiece like the Bible. 
or you could say um, about the fact that all great art artists actually steal, or they call it influencing, or you know, inspired by. But but what better source to copycat than God's word? Um, so we we really shouldn't have been surprised last week when Quinton explained uh, where the vision actually comes from. That in God's kingdom, Jesus is the one who established the vision, not us. Uh, I think that's kind of a relief. You know, I don't have to come up with something uh, as profound as what he has done. We are simply following his call, his leadership, his ways, and continuing in his mission. Every company has a vision and a mission statement. We have it at our company. I don't really like it. I think we need to change it. But <laughs> that's the problem. Everyone has an opinion on what it should be. Um, but we've received ours, and it hasn't changed for over 2,000 years. And Quinton did a really good job last week just of unpacking uh, some of that, and there's so much in it, but he, he just really wanted to make it easy for us to just understand the crux of it. Um, and it, what can make it even easier to just, if you want to just distill it down to something, is you could put it in a vision mission statement, and and companies love that. They love just to have like a one-liner, a byliner that, that just represents the mission and vision of the company. And it could be something like this. It could be something like, I think we have the slide, right? You have probably seen this. We have it sometimes around in the church. It says, our vision is Jesus Christ. Our mission is people and our cause is love. And, you know, there's a lot of variations on that, but that's basically the gist of it. That is what we're all about. God's vision is our vision that we would be his children. That, that's his vision. He wants all of us to be his children. Jesus followed the will of the Father. And we are called in the same way to imitate Christ, to be his children, to be like Jesus. In the same way, God's mission is our mission, to go into the world and make disciples. We heard that last week. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. That's what his mission was. And our mission is the same, to reach people right? God's cause has always been um, love. Always will be. That's his company value. We, we talk a lot in, in our company about you know, what's the values of the company, and we had a, a, a task force come together, a team, like trying to come up with good values, and we're just plucking stuff out. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, do that one. Uh, and and in, there is some really good stuff there. I, I'm, I'm not dissing it in that way. But there's no greater value than the value of love. And that's what God puts first and foremost for us as his children in his family. The father's love was revealed in the fact that he sent his son to die that we might live. Scripture says, if you don't love, you don't know God because God is love. And as Quinton said last week, this is our key value. This is how people will recognize us. This is how people will know us. This is how people should be identified. Okay, that's the church of Christ because they love one another. It's that love for one another that is our distinguishing value. Uh, I want to give a shout out to some people that don't often get shout out in church. In fact, we, we like to criticize them. Pharisees, right? Because <laughs> this particular Pharisee did something quite cool. Um, I know we bash them a lot in church because they try to overcomplicate things and make it re religion something inaccessible for the everyday person so that they can assume a position of being an expert. These guys still exist today, of course. Um, but this one particular ill-meaning individual, we, 
if it wasn't for this guy, we wouldn't have the cheat sheet for the Bible. I love cheat sheets. You know, it's just like quickly, you know, and you could just read the back of a book and you can know what it's about so you don't have to read the whole thing. I love like, you know, just Wikipedia is awesome. I don't know about you guys. Just distills the information, bite size. I'm definitely a product of this generation, right? But this expert, expert, self-proclaimed expert in the law, uh, he tried to test Jesus. It's like one of my favorite scenes. I go crazy with like when I read a passage and I'm like imagining being there and like the way they said things. I'm probably being, I'm using creative license, okay, guys? So don't say, oh, you said that's how it was, but you weren't there. Don't do that, right? The, ex, the expert in the law, he tried to test Jesus by asking him, what was the greatest commandment? What is the greatest commandment? Huh? And he's like, he's looking at his mate, he's like, there's 10. <laughs> you can't come up with one. You can't distill it to one, it's 10. So it was kind of like a, a trick question, right? And then um, I can just imagine, Jesus, this is how I imagine it. Jesus said, oh, uh, Steve, right? And he's, uh, actually, my mum calls me Stephen. No. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure, Steve. Yeah, sure, Steve. So that one's actually quite easy. Uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah I knew that. And then he's like, and the second, like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Oh, that was good, right? <laughs> he just summed it all up in <laughs> just those two commandments right there. That's what it's all about. It's all about love. It's about loving God, and it's about loving your neighbor. And I, I just love that. <laughs> just what a takedown. I could just imagine him being there. Like, and there's, a, there's the simple everyday guy. Let's just say he was a fisherman, <laughs> Frank. And he's like, oh, thanks, Steve. I really understand it now. <laughs> and then yeah, it's Stephen and... Ugh, I don't like Frank. <laughs> so that's brilliant, isn't it? Like, God used this situation to help people understand the simplicity of the gospel. People try to make it complicated. They try to be like, oh, yeah, but you've got to consider this theology and this doctrine, and, and what about this standard that you have to do? And they try to complicate it, and Jesus goes, hey, it's just about love. You can distill it down to this one value. Love God and love your neighbor. All right? You know, companies spend thousands coming up with buzzword values. And we, in our company, we just like plaster them all over the walls. And everyone's like, speed? What does that mean? This <laughs> is like, innovation? <laughs> all right. And the, and the thing is, is that we, they always fail to get their employees to embody them. That's the whole idea, is that we should embody the values of the company, right? Um, unfortunately, the church is not always much better embodying the values of our kingdom, right? But at least we don't have to, like, deliberate, okay, what are our core values? We, we don't have to come up with something new. We know what they are. We know it's faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love, right? It's pretty clear and simple for us. So why do companies have all these vision, mission, value statements? Because they want to be growth-orientated, right? They, 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 they want to position themselves to go forward, to, to get better. And Jesus was no different. And he is our blueprint. As Quinton said, Jesus was future-focused. He set something in motion, as we heard last week. He set a new kingdom in motion. He set a new day, a new area in motion. And he had a new strategy, a new day had come, right? And we were to follow in that. And you know, our, my boss told me, or told us recently, our team, he said that we need to have a growth mindset at this company. 
And I was like, oh, that sounds pretty biblical, actually. Sounds good to me? Sure. But, you know, a lot of detractors will say, hey, but, you know, bad things grow too, right? And I'm like, you're missing the point here. See, because growth isn't always about getting bigger. Growth can also about, well, it's mainly about getting better. And sometimes that might look like getting bigger, but sometimes it's an inward thing as well. But it's always about getting better in the kingdom of God. He's always trying to move us from glory to glory, right? That's the heart of God. Whatever God touches is fruitful. There's life. There's something happening. There's emotion there. You know, in the right season, God will make us bigger because that is maybe needed what we need to get better. And he wants to resource us. He wants to bring people into our community that can help us launch new ministries, that can help us fulfill the vision. That's why he brought you guys here, right? Uh, but even before that, it's our responsibility as individuals to always be stretching, growing our capacity to get more of God flowing through our life so that he can be able to pour out what he wants to pour out into us, right? Jesus was a guy that had the growth mindset, right? He, he received the vision from the Father. He had a clear mission. It was very crystal clear to him. He was to redeem the lost. He even had the strategy. We heard about the strategy last week. He said, I will build my church. I'm taking responsibility for this. This is how we're to live. I'm taking responsibility for this. Man didn't create the church. A lot of times we, we, we church and man just seem to go together because that's how we see it. But actually, it wasn't created by man. Jesus did. It was his vision. He laid it out for us. And as Quentin said last week, when we become a part of his body, it becomes our mission. It becomes our responsibility to continue in that tradition of building his church. As we have done, we've been, we've been setting, you've heard about some of the themes that we have for this year. You've heard about some of the initiatives that we're doing for this year's Vision Builders Fund. We often talk about making our goals ambitious. We want to be stretching forth. And, and that's what they talk about in the business world as well. We're like, yeah, we've got to be ambitious, but it's got to be attainable as well because we don't want to be disappointed at the end of the year when we're so far away from this ridiculous goal, right? But that's the great thing with God is that we aren't like Apple or, or Nike working in the realms of possibility. No, see, we are partnering with a God of the impossible. So we can set initiatives and do what we can, but God can do something so much greater that we didn't even think of or imagine, right? So we have our plans, but our vision is not just to see happen what we can do. We don't just want to see those things happen that we can actually do. We know we can tick those things off. No, we want to, we want to see what happened. We want to see, <laughs> let me read this one. We want to see happen what only God can do when we do what we can do. Does that make sense? When we do the things that we can plan and we know we can do, we want to see God do something greater, right? The church is built by vision builders. That's what we call it, vision builders. People that like Simon Peter, they receive that vision of revelation. It's upon that rock of faith that Jesus is continuing to build his church. And as Paul reiterates to us over and over again, the church, it isn't optional. It's a body. You're in it. You can't opt out. Unfortunately, sometimes, right? 
Uh, it's plan A, as Quentin said. It's the only plan. Jesus is the head of this body, and he is all in on church. He's fully invested. We can't opt out. We, I mean, you can choose to abstain, not use your authority, not take up your responsibility. You can choose to do that if you so wish, or you can be a champion for the cause because you recognize you have a responsibility. Of course, I appreciate that this received mission that we have got, it's, it can be pretty daunting. It can, be, it can have its challenges, right? People can be challenging, for example. Circumstances. One of the things that keeps Lynn and I going is uh, gratitude for what God has already done, right? Coming back to that place of remembrance of God's faithfulness in our lives around us. It's imperative to remind ourselves that ultimately we aren't building this church for people, right? We're building it for God. It will benefit people. Oh, yeah, definitely. We, we benefit more than anyone, right? And they might be the ones encouraging us to build it, Matthew, for example. <laughs> but it's, ultimately, it's for his glory, right? That's why we do it. And, and we have to have that perspective because there's going to be times when people are going to rub us at wrong ways and we feel like oh, people are stressing me or they have expectations that are unreasonable right now with my stress load that they don't have any idea about anyway. And so we, we can easily get upset with people, but we have to remind ourselves, that, hey, we're building this for God, right? We're all doing our best together to build God's kingdom, right? It, it's, it's not for the one, it, it's for the one who not only has given me all the good things in my life, all the things that we're testifying of, all, all the, the beautiful children and the homes and, and the jobs and all these prayer answers and and the healing, and all of these things, all the good things in life. It's not just for that, but it's the one that's paid the heavy price for this church, that he laid down his life so that this church, this body could be established. He's the cornerstone of the church. It was his sacrifice. It was the only begotten son of the Father that's the cornerstone of this church. God, how can I honor that sacrifice? How can I honor that? Paul urges us in Romans to present ourselves as living sacrifices. We honor what God has done for us by continuing what he started, by imitating Christ. Christ was all about the church. I want to be all about the church too. As a church, we are committed to continuing what God started with us as this local community 11 years ago now. He's blessed us and countless others who have passed through our church, passed through these doors, touched our lives. Um, and we, how do we respond to that? How, the, the, just the gratefulness, the privilege of that. How, we respond to that by continuing to honor God, what, what he has given us. Right? As you heard from Lynn and I's testimony, we've seen how God blesses our house when we build his house, as Matthew and Christelle were sharing yesterday. Yesterday, Lynn and I, we were sharing about our early years as a couple. We, we were longing to do something great for God. Come on, like, great. Don't know what that is, but it sounds awesome. I want to do great things for God. And it's hard to explain what that is, but you know when you see it, when you see a move of God, when you see churches that are on fire, when you, when you just come into a community, you're like, oh, this is awesome. I, I want to be a part of something like this. And God is in this. We were longing for that because we were traveling around the UK, visiting churches and, 
uh, working with a power church ministry. And so you, you've heard our story before, but this is what we wanted to find when we came to this church, is that we wanted to be a part of something, a part of building something, come under leadership and, and, and really invest ourselves somewhere. And we were so thankful for finding that. Uh, it, w- it was something, we were looking for something bigger than ourselves, a God thing that we wanted to be a part of, right? We knew we needed to find this local church because that is where the heart of God is, right? That is where his heart is. As Quinton said last week, the dream or, or the great, as we called it, the great, uh, it costs something, right? There are always sacrifices that need to be made in order to fulfill a dream, in order to pursue it, right? And Jesus, he showed us that better than anyone else, right? And I want to just quickly read from Hebrews 13. Now, this is a passage, right, that I should probably expound upon for explaining the theology of altars and sacrifices, but I don't have time to do that today. So I'm going to kind of help you out a little bit and explain and interpret it for you. But you're welcome to read it. In Hebrews 13, we can read how we are to imitate Christ in getting, basically, get our hands dirty, going outside of our comfort zone to where the needs are and giving of ourselves for the dream. So I can pick it up in um, verse 13. It says, Let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. For here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess his name. There's a lot in that passage, but what I took from that is uh, quite simply this, that we, I, I think we're all longing for the great. We're all looking for that something bigger than ourselves. You, you hear it even in the secular world, people talk about that. They want to connect with something bigger. That's where people are fighting for global causes and, and, and volunteering because they want to connect with something bigger than the everyday life, the mundane. And I, I think that's just like the God dynamic in all of us that we are created for something bigger. We are to connect with a God who is the creator of heaven and earth, of all of the thousands of galaxies in this amazing universe, right? There is something greater that we long for. And that's the enduring city that is to come. This is something great beyond that we are pursuing, that we need to, as it says here, we need to leave our comfort of the camp and be willing to share in the cost, if we are to experience that, we are to experience heaven on earth, we have to leave our comfort zone, right? And share the costs that Jesus experienced in offering a sacrifice of praise. That is our response to live as a living sacrifice, right? Our lives should profess his name, right? Our lifestyle should reflect his values. And that shows a heart after God. And that is really all that God is seeking from us. He wants to see that our hearts are for him. And he will help us figure out the rest, right? I want to invite the band up as we come to a close now. You know, this month, uh, as we invite his body to be a part of building this local church by, by pledging support, we've heard about all the different initiatives, all the the strategy that we have over this for this church and you know these are our plans and these are strategies to build and reach this region 
and I'm really excited about it, but it's actually like a reflection of who we are. The things that we have laid out there, that, that, that is a reflection of, of us. It's, it's where our strengths lie. It's the strategy that God has given us unique for our local church. And it's the, it represents the makeup of who we are as a congregation. But, you know, ultimately, it's His vision. It's His mission. And it's His value that we are carrying forward. So, I hope, you know, these last two weeks as we've been hearing this mess- these me- message of vision, that you are connecting with just the simplicity of it. You know, sometimes we, we try to come up with something new. We, we, we try to recreate the wheel. But actually, it's, it's very simple. That God has called us to be imitators of His Son, to follow in His footsteps, to follow the blueprint that He laid out for us. Let's be about the things that Jesus was about. Let's honor what God has done in our life, what God is continuing to do in our life by responding and making that same kind of sacrifice that he was all about, right? Let's just stand now as we're about to go back into worship. you, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you have called each and every one of us into your family to be your children, Lord. That was your vision for redemption, Lord God. Right away, Lord, when, when we fell as, as humanity, Lord God, you made a plan to save us, Lord God. You never wanted us to be separated from you, Lord. That was never your desire, Lord God. You want to have relationship with us. And I thank you, Father, that you sacrificed so much to redeem us, Lord God, to have us back in your family, back in relationship with you, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord, that you're not content with the 99, Lord, but you want to go after the one, Lord. You want to go after one more, one more, Lord God. I thank you that that is your vision for the church, Lord, to reach the lost, Lord, to reach the broken, to reach those that have been separated from you, Lord God, that are in darkness, Lord God. And Lord, this is ultimately what our plans and our strategies and everything that we have come up with, Lord God, everything that we are trying to do, Lord, every initiative that we have in our hearts, Lord God, is ultimately to reach people, Lord, for your kingdom, Lord, that they might experience what we have experienced, Lord God, because it's our response to you, Lord. We want to honor what you have done in our lives, Lord. We want to honor what you have done, the the price that you have paid, Lord, for the foundations of your body, Lord God. We want to grow. We want to build your kingdom, Lord God. Lord, help us be people of vision, Lord God. Help us be those vision builders, Lord God. Help us, Lord, just see what you see, Lord God. The simplicity of it, Lord God, in our everyday life, Lord, just making ourselves available to you, Lord God. I thank you that your greatest value is love, Lord God. It was because of love that you sent your son. Your love is so pure. It's so overwhelming. It brings wholeness to us. I thank you this morning, Lord God, that we'll be reminded of that. That we haven't just been given a portion of love just to keep us going. 
but it's actually overflowing. And it should overflow into the lives of others around us, Lord God. I pray as we, as we start this year, as we start this new decade, Lord God, let us be a church that is about the things of God. Let us be kingdom builders. Let us be people that are carrying the values of the kingdom, Lord, of faith, hope, and love to a world that so desperately needs it, Lord God. I thank you, Father, that you're helping us to make decisions, Lord, for us that are maybe on the fence, whether it comes to committing to building your church or getting rooted in the church or even just opening up areas of our life and giving ourselves fully to you, Lord God. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you minister to us and you help us just to let go and help us to just go all in on the things of Jesus because it's the most exciting life we can live, Lord. I thank you, Father, that that is your heart for all of us, that we would experience the greatness of God in our life, Lord. Where we would live that exciting, exciting, abundant life that is a life with Jesus. I thank you, God. Let's worship him.